While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. My name is Henrik Vilenius and I'm the author of the Rise Up Trilogy, a young adult coming-of-age story about Hashim, Alex and Marian confronting real-life issues like climate change, corrupt politics, animal cruelty and racial and gender equity. This weekly serialized audiobook podcast is narrated by Scott Summers. 19. Hashim stopped at the edge of Lakeshore Drive. It took him a few nanoseconds to process the location in his brain. He didn't remember leaving the apartment. The only thing he knew was that he couldn't go back there ever again. This fragment of information lingered strong, yet distant, like a dull pain in the pit of his stomach. His brain had shut down when his mother started to hurl abuse at him. He couldn't recall how his mother had slapped him three times. The lats won so hard, he had dropped to his knees. What tipped the scale, the reason he went into shock, was the fierce anger he saw in his mother's eyes. The same ones that had always so lovingly nurtured him and given him solace when the world was too much to handle. His brain still registered traffic and made him wait until two cars had passed before crossing the road. Nonetheless, all his emotions were shut down, and he was following a hunch an impulse that his subconscious was feeding him, and it was taking him toward the waterfront. Barefoot, he was still wearing only the black sleeveless shirt and jeans. The eastern sky was still dark, without a promise of a rising sun. It was a warm night, but Hashim had goosebumps on his arms. Perhaps this was the result of his heart not pushing enough blood to his limbs, as his brain had turned on emergency mode. He marched through the lake park, not paying any attention to how rough the terrain was scratching the soles of his feet. As he reached the shoreline, he saw a group of teenagers having a party on the sandy beach next to the cliff. Some of them he knew from school. Again, this information didn't make it into his awareness, and he headed straight for the cliffs, staying out of sight. Once he reached the top, he sat down, fixing his eyes on the vast open water before him. Small waves rippled the surface of the lake under the bright crescent moonlight. Then, in the corner of his vision, he noticed two boys running toward the water half-naked, screaming and shouting. Turning his head to see better, he witnessed one of them diving in, and something clicked in Hashim's mind. A vivid sensation overcame him. He could feel the softness and the warmth of the fresh water, the quiet peace he often experienced under the surface. It was like being in the arms of his mother when all the worries and sounds of the world were blocked out and he felt totally safe. Hashim stood up and stalked down the cliff to the shoreline. He stopped at the edge of the water and took a few deep breaths, his face showing no emotion. Then, he peeled off his shirt and jeans and folded them neatly. On top of the pile, he placed his ID and his silenced mobile phone, its screen showing ten missed calls from Alex. Taking one last look at his worldly possessions, he got up and whispered, There is only one God, and Muhammad is his messenger. As he walked into the lake, he started to recite down the list of the 99 names of Allah he knew by heart. This would secure him an entry to paradise. When it got too deep for his feet to reach the seabed, he let himself be drifted underwater for a moment in sweet weightlessness. 
After coming back up for air, he synchronized each breaststroke, each name with his breathing and swam out to the open lake. As he got to the end of the list, he was already far from the shore. After diving in, he let himself float with his eyes open. He could see the crescent moon shining through the clear, still water. It was time to inhale the water, but before he could do it, the true meaning of the opening verse of the Quran he repeated so many times every day pushed its way to his conscience. In the name of Allah, all compassionate, all merciful. And all of a sudden, he felt tightness in his chest and his vision blurred. 20. Alex squirmed in his seat, doing his best to stay calm. He had never actually chewed his nails before, but his reverse thinking told him it might be a good distraction instead of worrying about his friend. At least they knew where Hashim was. The antivirus program had located the mobile phone at the Lakeshore Park near the water's edge. He knew Hashim loved water, fresh water in particular. As far as he knew, it was an Arab thing. It sustained life in the desert where it was a rare commodity. Miriam's knuckles turned white from her hard grip on the wheel as she overtook slower-moving traffic. Then a black BMW didn't let her return to the right-hand lane, and she stepped on the gas and cut coldly in front of it. When Miriam turned into the Lake Park parking lot, Alex felt a sudden, strange contraction in his chest. As the car ground to a halt, he bolted out and started running toward the lake with Miriam on his heels, pushing the rising panic from his mind. Alex chose to stay away from the group of teenagers on the beach, although some of them were his friends. He knew Hashim wouldn't be there, and he didn't want to waste time asking. The antivirus site had pinpointed Hashim's location as on the cliffs, only a quarter mile north of the beach. Glancing back as he started climbing, Alex saw Miriam running right behind him. At the top of the cliff, he searched for any sign of Hashim. Then, Miriam pointed to a neatly folded stack of clothes by the shoreline. Clutching his chest, he gagged for air. For a few seconds, they stood there frozen in the faint dawn light. Then Miriam tilted her head. The wind was bringing a distant sound of someone sniffing. She reached for Alex's hand and squeezed it to make him listen. And soon, he heard it too. As they stumbled down the steep hill, the sniffling grew louder. Through a narrow opening in the rock, Alex caught a glimpse of a muscular back that looked awfully familiar. His heart bursting at the seams, he careened around a boulder and stopped. Deeper in the cove, he found his friend hugging his legs, shivering violently. Wearing only a pair of boxers, Hashim wasn't paying any attention to the outside world. It wasn't until Alex had peeled off the jacket and draped it over Hashim's back that Hashim looked up. As their eyes met, the shivering stopped. Kneeling, Alex gave him a bear hug. Hashim pressed his nose against the hollow of Alex's neck as tears ran down his cold cheeks. Hashim cleared his throat and said in a quivering voice, I was going... I know, Alex responded softly. The ID left on top of the pile already confirmed it. He knew his friend had placed it there to make it easier to identify his body when it was found. It was you who stopped me, Hashim added. Alex craned his neck back. How? I just couldn't do it to you. Not after all you've been through, Hashim said as Alex's vision grew blurred.
This pain I had, I realized it wouldn't disappear anywhere. I would only pass it along to people I love. All this time, Miriam had stayed in the background. She watched from the mouth of the cave as Alex's face went all twisted with rapid succession of conflicting emotions. Now it was Hashim's turn to be the one to hold and soothe, rocking his friend slowly back and forth in his arms as the first rays of sun reached the cove. Alex raised his hand and waved as Miriam drove away. Turning, he slung his arm over Hashim's shoulders. For a change, it was nice to not think of anything. The tears had cleared and calmed his mind. He fell into step with Hashim as they walked toward the entrance. The silence was perfect. As a matter of fact, they had hardly exchanged any words since leaving the cove. Hashim's feet were covered with bruises and cuts from walking barefoot, and after a minor argument, he had agreed to borrow Alex's sneakers. They had walked to the car in amiable silence, too exhausted and elated to try to put their thoughts or emotions into words. The rising sun was shining brightly through the windows as Alex and Hashim entered the apartment. Dad was still sleeping. It was Saturday and he wouldn't be working today. Side by side, the boys brushed their teeth in the small bathroom. Hashim had his own toothbrush in the cupboard, the same way Alex had his at Hashim's place, although they had preferred to have their sleepovers at Alex's. Owing to more scrutiny and less chance for random silliness under the watch of Hashim's mom, Hashim dragged the mattress from underneath the bed and grabbed a blanket and pillow from the shelf, the same one that contained some pieces of his clothing, such as t-shirts, sweatpants, and underwear. He waited until Alex had drawn the curtains before he turned his back, stripped naked, slipped into fresh boxer shorts, and jumped under the covers. Alex broke into a grin. Seeing his friend's bare butt sure was something new, even if he could only discern his outline in the dark. Hashim had always been extra bashful, always changing clothes in the bathroom or taking showers in the locker room in his underwear, like many other Muslim boys did. Alex had supposed it was part of Arab culture. He certainly didn't share their modesty, but he held back from pushing the issue. In bed, he watched his favorite wall-to-wall crack on the ceiling and tried to goad any dormant what-ifs that might be lurking in the corners of his consciousness. Nevertheless, nothing came to the fore. The scary scenario he had worked so hard to keep at bay while they were searching for Hashim had turned out to be true. Almost. Of course, Hashim's life was still full of unknowns. But for some strange reason, that didn't worry him too much. The only thing that left him restless was the idea that a man like Hashim's dad could kick his son out. The father and son shared the same gentle demeanor. It just didn't add up. Alex grabbed his phone. After having found Hashim in the cove, he hadn't paid any attention to several consecutive vibrations of his phone in his pocket. Now, he clicked open the messenger, and there they were. Six messages from Hashim's father, each one more frantic than the previous. They started by asking if Alex knew about Hashim's whereabouts. The last one read, Contact me ASAP. I'm really worried about my son. I've been driving around for an hour now. Alex glanced at Hashim, who was fast asleep. Then he texted, Found him. He's okay now, sleeping at my place. Alex opened his eyes and listened to the sounds of children playing in the yard. His dad must have opened the window while they were still sleeping. He had a sour taste in his mouth, 
but otherwise, he was fine. Turning onto his side, he saw Hashim curled up on the mattress facing him like so many times before. Maybe it had only been a nightmare. Then, he noticed the black sleeveless shirt on the floor. Hashim had never worn that kind of thing before. It all really did happen last night. Wiping his nose, Alex blinked a few times to stop the tears from forming. What if Hashim was no more? A whimper escaped from his mouth. In his mother's case, a thing that had somewhat given him solace was that she wasn't suffering anymore. Anyway, there hadn't been much he could have done to help her. Alex's whole body jumped an inch as he heard somebody slamming the door somewhere in the apartment. He stretched, trying to relax, wishing he could be more like a sheen, whose demeanor embodied serenity, whereas his was usually driven by nervous energy. He had always assumed that it was the result of Hashim's strong faith. He too longed to have it, but since his mother's death, it had been hard for him to believe in a benevolent God, or any God, for that matter. If he could only return to his childhood faith where he still believed there was such a thing as God's plan. However, the bitter smile on his face vanished as he contemplated all that had happened over the last 24 hours. After a closer examination, he realized that it had God's name written all over it. Every detail followed a sort of celestial script that forced them both to face their deepest fears and look at what had happened. They were both still here, stronger than ever. Maybe that had been God's plan all along. Feeling lighthearted, Alex climbed out of bed. As he was closing the bedroom door behind him, he heard another loud bang. As he entered the kitchen, he saw his dad slicing tomatoes and stacking them on a cheese sandwich. What the hell are you doing? Dad gave a self-deprecating laugh. After the talk we had last night, I thought I will start making my own lunch for work. Dad, it's Saturday. Yeah, I know, but I could keep it in the fridge until Monday and... Alex shook his head. And don't slam those friggin' cupboard doors every time you close them. Hashim is still sleeping. Actually, I'm not, Hashim said, rubbing his sleepy eyes. Alex spun around and saw his friend standing by the doorway. His face switched from anxiety to elation, from impatience to gratitude, and from weariness, it finally settled into relief. And all this within a few seconds. Dad's making himself a lunch sandwich for Monday. Hashim furrowed his brows. But it's only Saturday. That's what I told him. Sighing, Alex turned to his dad. It's better to make the sandwich the day you're going to eat it. Otherwise, it'll go bad. Oh, really? Oh, boy. There's a lot I need to teach you before I... The lines between Alex's brows only got deeper as he understood his slip. Before you what? You're going somewhere? Asked Hashim. Alex saw his father open his mouth and shot him a glare to shut him up, but his dad was not looking at him and missed the hint. So, dad went ahead and said, you haven't told him yet. Alex dropped his shoulders and then hitched them back. I wanted to ask Aunt Susie first. Hashim rubbed his neck, switching his gaze from Alex to Dad and back. Told me what? And what do you need to ask Aunt Susie? She lives in Queens, Dad said and broke into a smile. I know that, but... His eyes darted from Dad to Alex and back until they started to twinkle. You're not saying what I think you're saying. 
Before Alex had a chance to answer, the sparkle vanished. What's wrong? Alex asked and leaned forward. The scholarship. My mom said she would make sure I won't get the scholarship. Oh, no. Alex clenched his jaw. You really think she would do it? He took a step back and exhaled. His grand plan was blown to pieces. Anyway, it had been too good to be true. Actually, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't take it anyway. I'm not the person they thought I was. Or the person you thought you were, Alex said. As Hashim gave him a lopsided smile, Alex saw in his friend's face that there was no point in arguing with him. It was a matter of integrity. Miriam had told him about the discussion she and Hashim had after the incident on the roof. Alex understood that Hashim couldn't subscribe anymore to the ultra-Orthodox teachings preached in his mosque. Like Miriam before him, Hashim was searching for his own path to God, and it meant breaking away from the mold his family was trying to force upon him. Therefore, he couldn't accept any money from a source that expected him to submit to a doctrine he didn't believe in. Patting Hashim on the back, his father said, You can stay here as long as you want. After his father left the kitchen, Alex grabbed Hashim by the arm. You know he means it. Hashim nodded with a prolonged exhale. Studying his friend's face, Alex asked if Hashim was all right. He recognized the blank look Hashim took shelter in whenever he was going through conflicting emotions. The same thing happened to Hashim's eyes. They grew distant, whereas normally they radiated warmth. Hashim shuffled his feet, his head bowed. Please, talk to me, Alex said, moving closer. Hashim looked up. In my culture, being rejected by your family is worse than death. When you die, you know your family will mourn you and always remember you. But when you're an outcast... Wincing, he wiped his nose. Your dad wants to see you. As Hashim blinked in disbelief, Alex repeated it. Shaking his head in disbelief, Hashim stuffed his hands in his armpits. He was very worried, Alex said, trying to make his friend look at him. He knows you're here. Shedding a tear, Hashim swallowed long and hard. How? He asked in a quivering voice. He texted me last night after you'd gone to sleep. He spent hours looking for you. As Hashim's knees yielded, Alex caught him just in time, almost knocking both of them down. As Alex helped him to a chair, Hashim said between gasps for breath, And I thought I would never see him again. Thank you for listening to the Rise Up Trilogy podcast. For more information, go to my website henrikvilenius.com. <laughs>